The Yuletide TV podcast is hosted by three college friends trying to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. That quest can, at times, be frustrating, which is a nice way of saying that this show contains explicit content. We know that might get us placed on the naughty list, but better us than you. What's up? Oh, nothing. That's some guy from work gave that to me. Oh, yeah? Not Dixon? No, he's still recovering. Just some other guy. Some, do I know him? No, he's just, you know one. Really? Just yeah. some guy. That's yeah. nice. It's nice. No, that he, you know, that he gave me that. Welcome to the Yuletide TV podcast, where we typically rate and review Christmas episodes of television. We're looking for the best of the best. It's going to be a Christmas classic, a pair of socks, or a lump of coal. My name is Brian. I'm driving the ship this week. And with me, as always, is John. Hello. And Chris. Hola. Chris, uh, Chris is sitting shotgun, or maybe he's sitting in back, and John and I are sitting in the front seat since, uh... He, he goes in back, but he has to sit in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> like it's an 80s driving scene. It's like a Mustang, too. It's a, it's a two-door coupe. <laughs> yeah, he has to sit in the back so the camera facing front window can see him, but it's right. also implied that he is not the important part of the conversation. He's got to have his bag in lap, too, because we all know that the back is going to be filled up with cheese curds and booze as we trek across America looking for those Christmas classics. It's the 80s, baby. You can drunk drive. I'm very cramped. <laughs> I'm very cramped back here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, do we think we can start uh, 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 an OnlyFans so we can go on the road with this podcast? <laughs> feet, feet only. <laughs> <laughs> John, how's your toe gap looking? <laughs> pretty, pretty solid, dog. Got some cute Chris, fucking how are feet. those cuticles down there? My cuticles? Yeah, that's I mean, a thing on your feet, right? No, like, that's like both. Is that hands only? <laughs> no, I think both. Yeah, you got nails. Okay. You got nails on your toes. <laughs> I I know nothing about manicures or pedicures, so. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit that with a little with a little googly baby. Uh, yeah. Okay. See what a, see enough, what a cuticle enough. is, and maybe have a real bad Google time for a while. You, you you hit that Google. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue into everything going. You guys can do your thing, and then I'll do mine. <laughs> it's the last day in November. You know, Chris. I think this is just on you and me as we do a quick uh, as John does a search. There's nothing more indicative of this podcast than us talking about things we know nothing about. <laughs> Hashtag cuticles. It is a uh, both, I think. It's the little like Rimmy boy around your nail. Oh. I'm a little disappointed because all the pictures were hands at first, but then there was a foot, and I think that means both. And I'm a little disappointed because I had a good joke where I was going to be like, like Goldeneye, it's slappers only. But. <laughs> I think this episode is going to be slappers only. Now, gentlemen. Since I last hosted, uh, as you know, uh, I was fired from the marshal service, which is okay because I got picked up by the spy service. I can't talk directly about it. Uh, my life may be in danger, but I am a spy now, and I have a number of wigs and a number of guns. I'm going to give you each, because you already have guns, a wig, and we're going to start talking about this week's Christmas episode, which was Alias Season 1, Episode 10, titled Spirit. Do I get a mustache too, or only a no, wig? No, 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 no. It's a woman's wig, unfortunately. What about some chops? Do I want? Some, uh, do I get any like thick sideburns? Only what you can grow. Hmm. Do I get a bad southern accent that people accept? 
Absolutely. Are we are we sure that accent was Southern? That was not CIA standard issue, so you can do whatever you want there. Like, like whatever you bring to this job, there's no limitations. I was told that was actually very open. And even as a spy, if I'm hacking into something, I still grab the mechanical keyboard with cherry blue switches because I just love that clack. It's not very discreet. But they said I could have it. If you slap your hands on the keyboard enough... That's how hacking works. <laughs> that is how hacking works. Thank you. <laughs> and I think that is divine. Is my... my is my sweet red egg. <laughs> Chris, do you have your southern accent? I'm not convinced that accent was southern, so I, I think that's something Ooh, we need to talk about. And that's the and that's the beauty of watching a property with Jennifer Garner. Oh, You'll man. never know what anything was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> She is the worst. But Chris, if you give me a southern accent, I will relinquish a mint julep for you. So it's a mint you, julep. It, you yeah. had it. You had it. Brian, Brian, have some confidence in yourself. You're hosting the podcast. Commit to the bits. Anyway, uh, I'm driving this show. We're talking about Alias. We're in a really good spot for it, if I uh, do say so myself. Uh, so let's do a quick recap. What say you? Get to it. I say that that would tickle my fancy. You do sound drunk. I'll give you that. <laughs> it's my. She sounded a little drunk. It's my whole thing, man. I'm a. I'm a southern. I'm a southern old money playboy. That's my cover. There you go. Now the nice thing about the first season of Alias is it gives you all the backstory on the show you need uh, in the first five minutes. Some would say it's excessive, but only if you're binging it. But let me give you a quick recap of what happens. Cindy Bristow, a spy for both a shadow organization and the CIA, she's a double, uh, gets exonerated from being a traitor in the bad guy CIA that she works for. Later, Cindy and Vaughn exchange gifts, Vaughn being her handler, and say Merry Christmas. Cindy's friend, a reporter named Will, also played by Bradley Cooper, learns the name SD6 as he's investigating the death of Sydney's former fiance. Sydney goes on a mission to retrieve information about some guy. Sydney's dad, Jack Bristow, gets assigned to find said guy Sydney was looking for earlier. Sydney goes to Cuba to help save her father from danger, and then it ends with her father pointing a gun at his daughter. And that's really all you need to know, and by God, that is my best summer yet! <laughs> You did well. Yeah, if, 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 we're, if we're doing notes, I think uh, just a little more energy next time. You seemed a little like you were ending a few of those in question marks, and just, just drive through. You just got to plow through it all. Plow through. Plow through the whole thing. Let me, let me redo it. Let me redo it. It was, uh, it was a little wooden, Jennifer. <laughs> we don't we don't need to redo it we don't need to redo it no that's no all right oh no that's this is all part of the podcast now oh fair enough <laughs> this is canon yeah 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 well then let's kick it off what are your general first impressions uh of this show do you have any background with it and do you enjoy it uh, no experience with it <laughs> not really <laughs> <laughs> i've watched bits and pieces of this show in the past you know i i feel like i tried binge watching it at one point and couldn't really get through it but i've, I've definitely seen a fair number like i know the general plot of it and i've always enjoyed it to a degree but i've never like been like i've never really loved it never really like glommed onto it 
Um, but I was pleasantly surprised by this episode. I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. I feel like this episode does a really good job of kind of encapsulating at least what that first season is like for the show in that there are moments where I think the writing is uh, very good for a spy show uh, that's episodic. And then there are moments where the writing is dog shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there are. Yeah, there are. Uh, right? <laughs> like, it's just it, the, 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 the whiplash from those two points is incredible sometimes, you know? I really enjoyed when Sydney was talking to Vaughn uh, no, sorry, when Vaughn was talking to Jack Bristow, accusing him of framing another guy when Sydney was getting about to get interrogated for being a traitor. And uh, I thought that was really good writing, great acting. I love Victor Garber in this to death. And then there was just like that whole bullshit mission where she's by the pool. <laughs> and doing a terrible southern accent and you're like holy shit this is bad i don't know that that's on the writing i think well i mean the putting her there is the writing but the shortest amount of time anyone has ever spent in a beach lounge chair <laughs> like right <laughs> sits down two sentences gets up and leaves so i i think that's that's one of my least favorite like tropes that they do in these kind of movies and i don't i think it's mostly like kind of died off where it's like the hot girl on the team is going to go up to the bad guy who is like objectively unattractive and seduce him. <laughs> like people don't have like cognizance of the world, you know, where they're like, <laughs> like the guy just all of a sudden thinks like, you know what? This is my time. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I, I like, I, I fuck girls this hot all the time. Like, they just come up to me too. Maybe like, I don't know. Maybe you thought she was like an escort or something, but like, Dude's just like, exudes that big dick energy. Yeah, dude's like late 60s. And he's like, <laughs> ah, yes, allow me to tell you my secret hotel room where you'll get into the worst, like, some of the worst choreographed fight I've ever... Well, I know it's like network TV. But, like, it has, like, the most, like, 2000s fight moves. Is, like, kind of what I was <laughs> right. thinking about before they, like... Before MMA was really popular enough where people are like... Yeah, they know people don't react to getting punched like that. <laughs> well, I'm sure you could do a really good job, too, of taking um, audio clips of Patrick Swayze saying Roadhouse and put that over Jennifer Garner before she does the spin kick. <laughs> a lot of kicks. This is like this is like a dork moment, but it's my least favorite kick. And it was like super. <laughs> it's still it still comes up a lot in Hollywood. Where it's like, they love an axe kick that becomes a crescent kick. And I think it's because it shows everyone's face. But they just are like, there must be like one stunt woman who has like great hip flexibility. And she <laughs> just like plays every skinny woman in a movie. And she's just like, and I'm sure it's super safe because there's 0% chance it hits anyone. Which is like another reason I'm sure they love it. But it's like, it's just in every movie. And like, if you, if I, if I... Flew to Utah, Brian, knocked on your door and yeah, did that to you, you wouldn't be hurt. <laughs> <laughs> like, you would just be like, why did you brush your heel against my forehead? <laughs> I think you <laughs> underestimate how glass my jaw is. Wouldn't hit you in the jaw. <laughs> just, like, brush your hair and you would be like, weird greeting. <laughs> yeah, good to see you, buddy. I'm glad you're alive. Yeah, and like the I love the other <laughs> the other thing that's very 2000s about this and like every 2000s like fight scene cuz is that like the foil they use for getting punched is like a whip cracking. 
<laughs> which yeah. I love. Yeah. It's so awesome where it's just like the idea. I what? wish the world sounded what? like that where it's like you, you get hit and it's like, what? <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. Are, you, are your arms made out of guns? <laughs> I love how this has slowly been turning the podcast into a fight breakdown podcast. After last episode, we got John telling us how to punch. Now we have yeah. John telling us how to kick. Yeah. Next episode, grappling? I don't know. I mean, where are we going? I was going to say punch kicking. Uh, I'd be very surprised if that next episode had a fight scene for me to break. <laughs> if there's another fight, I'll break down any episode with a fight scene. I do not think any episodes will have anymore. <laughs> like, you never but know. I, I, would take, I would take Joel McHale as the character in Community to beat up Jennifer Gardner in this. Sure. Community's fight scene was realer than Alias. <laughs> he would he would just work her. She would she would try to like wheel kick him, and he'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And she's like, "I don't know. I, I thought I would hurt you. <laughs> this works in my universe because you know she took a she took a portal into another dimension in which Community exists, but Alias doesn't." Yeah. Yeah, other way around, Joe McHale's getting thrown through walls by, like, a slow-turning sobot from a 110-pound girl. What the hell? (laughs) But he'll be fine. Great shit on him. I do, like, I do want to talk about this place that she goes where she does this fight where, like, it's a Kenyan island resort that's for bad guys, essentially. Like, that's literally what they said. I'm like... What is this, a comic book? What else do you need to know, Chris? But I did look it up, and actually Kenya does have a fair amount of islands that have these like very luxury resorts. So there is some truth For bad to... guys? Well, I don't know how many bad guys are Is that are in the brochure? You have to show up with at least five stars on your uh, criminal rating, like in GTA. Five, five stars and three goons, minimum. Three. There you go. <laughs> but it is, it is just like a very weird place where it's like yes i live here at this resort and i have a secret plastic surgery room in my room i mean i think it was a different time and i think maybe people's perception of africa was not overly positive (laughs) and developed so well think of think of how this show like treats torture and spy work in general (laughs) because this is uh this is a post 9-11 9-11 TV show when we were all kind of for it I as far as like getting information and whatnot and throughout the entire series run it is very pro-torture uh, I thought the funniest line in the entire episode was we have to tell it we're gonna tell her we're gonna torture you to death I'm like I don't think you know how torture works <laughs> <laughs> yeah I did like that he that oh, what's the guy's name Sloan just like lays out this plan at the beginning of the episode for Russick and is like we're gonna torture you to death but we think that she's gonna break before we get to that point and the guy's like sign me up <laughs> I, I'm in put me in coach so here's a little bit of backstory for that too Russick and Sydney aren't really close in the show. So I don't know why the fuck Sloan thought that was a good idea. Because there's like zero emotional connection between those two. Uh, it doesn't seem like most of the people in the show are particularly good at the job. <laughs> like, uh, Yes. No, correct. The only the only person who seems really competent at his job is the tech guy, Marshall. I would debate that. I think he gave her one useful tool. 
Yeah, still, that's a better clear rate than every other fuck on that show. Uh, I would say Bradley Cooper is the most competent. At uh, I oh, would debate that. Yeah. I don't know that he's that yeah. good at his job either. He like, he, like, found out the stuff. Like, Homeboy gave her glasses to take a picture of a guy where they knew where the guy was and what he looked like. So, like, what's the value of Fair enough. Yeah. taking well, okay, a picture? Okay, hold on a second. That's like blaming an actor for bad writing. Well, right. He, he right? made the decision. <laughs> he, he built the thing. I think the reality was, yeah. it's like, and if he was told to build the thing, then it's not his fault. He's just following orders. I don't know, man. That's some real Q energy where it's like, I'm giving you shit that'll have one specific use for one scene because it looks kind of cool. <laughs> like where it's like you just, just all right mr bond here's your one-off and uh enjoy here's a here's a grenade pen you can use it for the same thing you do every movie <laughs> mostly you're gonna need this gun though here's a gun hey real quick <laughs> do you think they've got a box of grenade pens like like a box of just like standard big ballpoints lying around <laughs> I would assume. Like, instead of keeping it in, like, a foam pelican case, they just keep it, like, with all the rest of the pens in the office supply closet. With maybe a sticker over the box that just says, grenades, exclamation point. I think they did, for sure, for a while. And then yeah, they, had, yeah. they had too many accidents in the lab. They had to reset the accident counter three times in one month. Yeah, and they're just like, this, like, we got to figure out something. The grenade pen, undeniably useful, but guys, we have to figure out a better way to handle the grenade pen situation. Right, the manager of that office got fired for those three incidents. Well, why do you think, why do you think there's a new queue? You're right, yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, morbid, morbid, all right. Well, sorry for being right. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, Bradley Cooper at least, like, finds out a story. He does, for sure, get someone killed, but... Right. That's life, man. You don't... He's he's just an intrepid reporter doing his best. Yeah. If I've learned anything from media properties in the early 2000s, a reporter will inevitably ruin everything for everyone. <laughs> CC the wire. That is the only constant. <laughs> it is the only constant. It was the be- it was the beginning of the training that we, have, that we were going to receive that uh, mm-hmm. news media is bad. <laughs> so bradley cooper's great in this though and i uh, i enjoy him greatly uh throughout any episode that he's in and it's really cool to see him start kind of his career here it's it is interesting to watch him because i i felt like i could notice like some ticks like some things he was doing with his acting that he does not do now yes yeah I, it's like i don't know how to say it exactly but like there's i think it's the one scene where he's like walking into sydney's bedroom with the snowshoes and talking to her where i noticed he like kind of doesn't fully open his mouth he like kind of like keeps his mouth really tight like when he talks and it like gives it a weird inflection which again not super noticeable and not like i don't know i think it's just one of these things where like you see how comfortable he is as an actor now and this i think you can tell he is much less comfortable as an actor he has he has like a real couple of moments where he gives the weirdest smile (laughs) that i really didn't understand why he was doing like i think it was like to highlight his character was like maybe saying something sarcastic and you're like maybe it was like getting that direction like look a little more sarcastic bradley like people aren't getting the scene (laughs) and like he's just like and i'm sure the show running on the show fucking sucked but like and you're acting opposite someone in their first role who isn't ever going to be particularly strong but like yeah he's just like his like mouth opens like wide like a like a cartoon character and it's just like i don't 
And then the tiny glasses. Like, why are you doing my bee coops like this? Let him be your savior. <laughs> the tiny glasses and the bleach blonde hair highlights. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, that sucks. He gets out of that eventually, and it's it, it's better. But <laughs> real, yeah, it's, real uh, close. Not great. Real close to a mullet in the back. <laughs> yeah, but that's, kind hey, of, but that's kind that of that's kind of his early two thousands. Yeah. I mean, he, he had like he usually keeps his hair longer. Yeah, there's you know like I, I forgot what episode we were talking about where I like I think an accepted where I was like I really hate in movies when they take like a really average looking guy and they're like Nah, he's hot though, <laughs> and you're just like supposed to be like okay. Uh, in this one, they do like the opposite. Where it's, <laughs> they? Where they take Bradley Cooper and they ugly him up. And they like, average do they average him down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, don't do that. <laughs> no one's going to buy right. that. The only person I accept you doing that with is Ryan Gosling. Like, because he's good at his job. <laughs> Not that Cooper isn't. But yeah, I just thought that was very funny. Where it's like, God, he's too hot to look like a reporter. <laughs> he's too fit. Tiny, tiny glasses. Give him a bad haircut. Yeah. Make your face do some weird stuff. Uh, that'll look like you've looked at a computer once in your life. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And then, <laughs> I, uh, uh, a scene that I did enjoy, uh, the writing on is when Sydney comes by his place to, like, talk to him about, like, doing a weekend trip or whatever, and he's got the girl in the back, and she comes forward. So, fun bit of trivia, they make fun of him later for hooking up with the cheerleader, and Will says that she doesn't do that anymore. That actress used to be a cheerleader for the Dallas Cowboys. Good oh, for wow. her. Good for her. Yeah, before she got into acting. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then second, while there is a romantic interest between Will and Sydney uh, throughout the show, uh, I really enjoyed that when Sydney walked away from that encounter, she didn't have a, I'm so lonely kind of like trope to her. Like ah, I can't even I can't even connect with Will, my best friend, who I'm slight, maybe romantically involved with. It was more so like good for him. Yeah, she seems pretty chill with it. It was very supportive. It was pro hookup. Yeah, she, <laughs> she's got bigger things on her plate, and I think you know I I think as the recap shows us at the beginning, which I also found helpful. I think again as we kind of dive into these episodes as one-offs and we're not always getting the full scope of the story of the series when we we dive in that was helpful just to get your bearings it reminded me a lot of arrow when we watched that last year and like it had a very cw superhero template of like my name is so-and-so five years ago this happened now yeah. i'm out to avenge I was stranded on an island for five years yeah exactly so five I- years ago this happened now i am batman <laughs> But, but, you know, the part of the reason Arrow. she might not be as concerned about the Bradley Cooper situation is because she's still, you know, kind of getting over the whole fiancé being uh, assassinated thing. See, I fully read them like they were dating as, like, characters. Yeah. And then I thought they were getting into, like, a really weird argument. And then he just, like, straight cheated on her, like, or, like, that they were, like, pretty much a thing. And I was, I was stoked for that character because I respect only two people. Uh, Bradley Cooper's character, who cheated on Jennifer Garner, and Ben Affleck, who cheated on Jennifer Garner. Motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, well, don't ruin Dallas Buyers Club. You really don't like Jennifer Garner. Don't ruin Dallas Buyers Club again. Wow. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, I really just do not have the same problems with Jennifer Garner that you have. I promise we all have. This is a John thing only. We all have an actor or actress we think is just like a net negative. 
Oh and yeah, I, she I is, and I'm do. sure I might like yours, or I might nothing yours, but. I had two, which were Eva Mendes and Rosario Dawson, which I re- disagree on Rosario. She's uh, delightful yeah, sometimes. I, I was going to say, Eva Mendes I've softened on, but Rosario, I'm like, eh, you just don't do a lot for me. I think she's occasional. She is over, overcast for sure for a while, but she's good in a lot of stuff. There is that weird Edward Norton movie where she plays like 19 and you're like, no, you're not. <laughs> not happening. Yeah, you're like 28. <laughs> but cool for cool for you, brother. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mine is. Uh, oh god, I can't think of it. I just had it in my head and I lost it. Who was the guy in those Titan movies that oh, came out a while ago? Sam Worthington. Yeah, what? Sam Worthington. When we tried to yeah. make him a big action star for no reason. Yeah. I just. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a no for me, dog. He's a very bland personality. He might be. Very I don't know so. that. I, oh. Well, he's his first credit is Avatar, so there's yeah. a yeah. there's something I truly, yep. truly already don't like. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm starting to uh, Jennifer Lawrence is starting to bug me. I, I'm literally the same on Jennifer Lawrence. I think she's a pretty yeah. pretty strong net negative. She yeah. she will she will drag a movie down if allowed. She can really go back and forth. She fluctuates for me. Like there is some stuff where it's just like. I think she's either really into it and can push it and stuff that she's just like definitely there for the paycheck. <laughs> which is which is yeah, totally right. f- I actually don't mind that in any entertainment profession. Like I think if you're like if you are smart enough to recognize something is going to go bad for you and you just are like I'm not going to fucking try during X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like but I think she she occasionally will just have like really bad scenes in really good movies and like Speaking of, speaking of my boy B Coops, Silver Lining Playbook, she's pretty up and down, and I'm like, God, this is probably close to being a movie that could win some really, like, could be like really recognizable as fantastic. You just needed to be yeah. like 10% better, <laughs> and you're just not there. <laughs> also, the age gap, but like, yeah, you're just not quite, yeah, you're you just not do? quite there yet. Great book, yes, I'm though. the same. Great book, though. Yeah, yeah. Same, same on her though, Brian. I'm glad we agree. Yeah. Yep. 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 Now, okay, so uh, this is a Christmas TV podcast, as Chris has established in our first, you know, and, you know, coming seasons and whatnot. So there's, I think they say Merry Christmas three times in this whole fucking episode. More than last time. Right, this is truly the weakest of Christmas episodes, so I like to play a little game with you guys, and it's going to just be a quick... I'm going to dispute your claim that this is the weakest, because I think, at least out of this season, the weakest Christmas episode has been Arrested Development. Yeah, I this was... is more Christmassy than Arrested, Arrested mm. Development. There were presents, people acknowledged it was, it was Christmas, Christmas, Beyond the Lights. All right, all right, all there right. Was... Fair enough, fair enough. But A whole but part of the so plot brief. hinged on a story about Santa Claus being real or not. <laughs> which which I think if we're talking about bad writing that falls in the bad writing category. No, that was but that I was thought shit. it was kind of absolute I shit. thought it was kind of hilarious. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, so I just want to play a quick back and forth game with you guys, right? In a little segment called uh uh how Christmassy was it? Okay. All right, so just knee jerk reactions. How Christmassy is it to frame another man to save your daughter's life thus condemning that man to death? How Christmassy? Ooh. Uh, it's family oriented, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> uh, and family comes first on holidays. He is a murderer, so that's in are, that's in the negative column, I think. Yeah. You are well, no, the guy you're killing is a murderer. 
Oh yeah, he was a bad which, man. Yeah, which is positive because yep. you're you're removing a murderer. Okay. Little it's the gift to it's a gift to your daughter to keep her alive. So, you know, a little bit. A little bit Christmas. A little bit. Yeah. Little okay. Bit. All right. Yeah. All right. Moving along. All right. As an older gentleman, how Christmassy is it to creepily hold out your hands so a younger woman takes them and force her to share an emotional bond with you? How how Christmassy was that? Not. It's not. Don't do that. Well, don't. <laughs> allow me to play devil's advocate here because the way Brian has phrased it. Careful. It could be very Christmassy if that older man is Santa Claus. Now, in the context of the show, this man is certainly not Santa Claus. So, yeah, I'm going to agree with John that uh, not very. But but as it was stated, somewhat. Fair uh, enough. Careful. <laughs> Still. All right. All right. Let's just pivot. Let's keep moving on. Guys, uh, taking it out of this episode, I'm talking the macro sense. How Christmassy is Havana, Cuba? Is it Christmas? <laughs> is it Christmas in Havana? I, it should have been. Uh, very Christmassy, I assume. Christian, okay. Christians. Yeah, I, I, I have to assume Havana's got a decent Christmas scene. Although, fascists, it's tough. It's tough, you know? It's, it's a tough not, one. Yeah, that's absolutely... I don't know that Fidel was too big on the part of the Marxist dialectic where you try to remove religion. I don't mm. know. Seems I don't know. I don't know I, enough. We, don't, we know don't. We don't know enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's past. It's past. All right. Last one. How Christmassy is pointing a gun at your daughter while you yourself are held at gun? <laughs> Depends how much you drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say not very. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a hard stance on that one and. Uh, a bullet could be a gift. <laughs> Not the kind you want to receive. Give it though. to you very quickly. <laughs> yeah. High speed gift. Yeah, like I love the complete. The best part of that. It's not Christmassy. The best part of that no. scene is uh, Jennifer Garner's like oversell of it. Like whenever you see like a moment like that in a, in like a TV show or like movie or anything where it's like, you have to kill your friend or I'll kill you both. And they always like they always have like the good guy character make an acknowledgement of like, oh, yeah, this has to happen, and like, oh, like solemn nod to your like coworker, or love interest, or I guess dad in this case, and like in this show, there's like, no, <laughs> you're not badass, you're terrified, and she's just like, what? <laughs> oh shit! Oh fuck, he's gonna shoot me! <laughs> like it's very funny to me, like where it's just like. They do not show her character as being good at all. I think the end of this episode highlights also another issue I had with it, which is that at times it could be very repetitive. Like, Brian, I know you said at the beginning of this that you really like that scene where Victor Garber was talking through with Vaughn, like how he switched that transmission to make it look like it came from somebody else. And I. Right. I, and then. <laughs> And Vaughn, what I really enjoyed was Vaughn's bluff. He's like, I didn't have it. I just thought I could get you into talking about it. Well, what I hated about that scene is, like, I was like, don't we already know that he did this? Like, why do we need him to explain? Like, the audience should be smart enough, given what we've seen. Like, we don't need to repeat all this. And then the same thing happens again, where he meets with Vaughn to go down to Cuba. And Vaughn's like, here, this is what the offer you're going to make them. 
And then when Victor Garber is captured, he repeats the same thing almost verbatim. And I'm just like, yeah, we know, like, we know this is, why do we need to see this twice? There's a lot of repetition. Uh-huh. They needed it to be 45 minutes. Yeah, I, th- I mean, there's a lot of padding. <laughs> this show is, uh, if anything, redundant in a lot of ways. You know, like when you watch like a really good hour long show, how like the run times are really variant. Yeah. Like you'll like have some episodes that are like 56 minutes and some that are like 52 or whatever. Yeah. And it's like movies, right? Like a good, a good movie. You'll sometimes have one that's like two hours and 12 minutes or whatever. This is like a tight 45. Like, and I think that's usually, it's like a 90 minute movie. You know, where it's like, if you see 90 Minute as a movie, you're like, oh, something bad happened. (laughs) (laughs) And I think... Well, I mean, you can't really say that for this, because it's, I mean, it's network TV. They're all going to be like 42 to 45 minutes. Like, that doesn't really say much. I mean, I guess maybe I'm too conditioned to modern prestige hour-long shows, where they let them kind of, like, play with it a little more. Yeah. They still had to worry about commercial breaks here, John. Right. I. They still have to worry about commercial breaks on AMC and stuff i don't know i just saw that when i was like watching it and i'm like and especially when i wasn't loving a lot of it (laughs) and i was like oh something something's going really wrong here (laughs) like something something happened and maybe they're not all the same like they're not all cookie cutter uniform length but like as the cheap sound mixing and everything too (laughs) that's like jarring (laughs) just every scene needs I, I I don't I think I didn't get to say it earlier. This game this movie reminds me of someone like or the show. What? I'm still in bonus episode mode, baby. Uh the show rem, the show reminds me of like if someone like played like the first Deus Ex video game. Uh no they're they're all forty five minutes. Except for two. Um, but like that reminds me of someone played the first like Deus Ex video game and was like, God, that was awesome. That was such a compelling story. And then they were like, I want to make that into a TV show, except I don't want to pay for licensing, and also girl, and then just bad. And it's just, it's just like, can I make this for $20 an episode? But, like, except all the budget will be spent on... Actually, you know what? Havana and Kenya, I'm sure they were just in a different part in L.A. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> so, obviously. Oh my God. Although, well, like, some of the Havana she- stuff, I think, was B-roll. But, like, the Kenya stuff, I'm like, oh, this is very clearly a hotel in Los Angeles. if Or, <laughs> or an office building. Like, to play off John's critique on the sound design for this show, my critique is on the cinematography. Because they think, oh, you know what? You know what's really gonna help us sell Havana? We're just gonna turn that yellow saturation yeah, up. Yeah, just make it just make it orange. <laughs> and that's a warm climate, right? Like they are guilty of that in so many ways throughout the season. And another thing is, yeah, you know, we've been binging this ourselves at home, uh, which is kind of why I picked out this episode. And for a while, I thought like, oh, you know what? Alias is a pretty good early two thousand show that did a job of uh, longer story arcs where there would be. Um, there would be like more happening up front, so it wasn't episodic in a sense. And then it like this is a great example of that where it starts off with a lot of like something going on. Like Sydney's getting tortured. You're like, oh shit, like this is not this is like something you could binge. And then you realize, like, no, dude, five minutes later, it's just gonna start the episodic part later. <laughs> and it's absolutely a weekly like a mission of the week kind of thing. They just kind of skewed the time a little bit. I actually, as a person who 
said earlier, I respect when people know to be lazy. I respect the showrunner trying to put as much backfill at the start as possible. <laughs> Just like, I want, I want my paycheck and I don't want to work for it. God bless. It is weird, though, like, her life is, like, in pretty imminent danger at the beginning of this episode, and then, like, once you get to the 20-minute mark, you've completely forgotten about that, because yeah, it, exactly. it, it has no lasting impact, really. Right. I did truly love when she just, like, I did love the guy's reaction when they were like, get your heads on the floor or whatever, and they, like, follow the people with the guns, and it's like, and he's like, he had done his, like, thing where it's like, oh, I was getting tortured. She And it's like, are you going to talk or whatever? And she's like, I have nothing to say. <laughs> it's like, and the guy's like, the just the face cut to him was very funny. Where he's like, it was, ah, that was pretty oh, good. Oh no, ah, I'm I'm getting tortured to death now because <laughs> I have to get that information out of me post mortem. The one the one thing that was interesting because I haven't I haven't watched this show in a, a number of years and the thing that I always forget about it is how much of this show was sold on the fact that Jennifer Gardner is often scantily clad or in a bikini. I like, no, careful. No. <laughs> no, I just like, I mean, it's just like, oh yes. Like this is a way they entice, like one of the lasting legacies of this show were it's Super Bowl commercials. There's, I can't remember what Super Bowl it was, but there were, there was ABC was having the Super Bowl. And, you know, a big thing with TV is they put shows they want people to watch after the Super Bowl because they get that spillover audience. And so they put an episode of Alias at the end of the Super Bowl and all through the third and fourth quarter. And I think it was kind of a boring Super Bowl. It might even been the fourth quarter. Like they had ads for Alias and all the ads were were Jennifer Garner getting out of a swimming pool in a bikini. And they're like, Alias. <laughs> Yeah, I'll figure out. What and that's what cool. bugs me about this writing. Like sometimes they go hard into spy thriller and they do a good job with it. And it's very much a drama. And then at other times, it's like Jennifer Garner is the sole crutch of the show and the writing. It's like, now nah, we got to make it a show about a badass chick who kicks butt. And it's so jarring between those two points. No, it was a really good Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was the bucket it was the Buccaneers versus Oakland one where like John Gruden gets revenge on the Raiders. It's 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 a banger. Well then maybe maybe yeah. the ads. Maybe I think because yeah. like the ads were not as good at that point. So like that's why people were taking notice because they're like, Oh wow, look at this. It's provocative. I think it's mm. I I kind of do enjoy getting to watch the sex symbol T V and movies of yore. Because I think it's very funny to see kind of like what people were specifically attracted to then or like what the like what the cultural impetus for attractiveness was at a certain point in time because like people just look a lot different now we just know more and also like supplementation legal and not is a lot more available <laughs> so people just look different and i think it's very funny like when you look at like early 2000s this was a hot girl 90s this was a hot girl and you're like it's not really anymore, but okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's look at a girl in a bikini for a weird amount of time. <laughs> and you like, I, and you couldn't do that anymore to begin with, because people would be like, "This is kind of exploitive," you know. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure people. I'm pretty sure a lot of shows still it do this. It That's happens. good point. You know, <laughs> I, guess, I don't. It's 
just it doesn't make it doesn't make it better <laughs> no it does, no it doesn't make it better by any means but it's weird that they thought that did <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's nice people people in the 2000s weren't all quite hgh monsters yet yeah they they maybe could have stood yeah. to eat a little more not to body shame anyone but everyone eat food eat food and be happy everybody no. eat food and be happy all right so uh I think we're I think we're at a point now where we can start doing our Christmas judgments on this one. You know, we've got uh, Christmas classic, we've got a pair of socks, we got a lump of coal. Who wants to start things off? I can. Let's go. I, I think for me this was a pair of socks. I was pleasantly surprised by it. I know Brian, you were worried. I think in our in our draft episode that this was the most tangentially related Christmas episode, and I was impressed that it was a little more prominent than i expected it to be so so decent christmas stuff a, a pretty decent episode of television not stellar by any means but entertaining enough and i didn't think it was too bad so i think a pretty middle of the road pair of socks for me all right john uh this is cole <laughs> i if you're like relatively sound sensitive it's a really hard episode to watch it's a lot of E's to A's, which give you icky feelings. I don't like the writing. <laughs> I'm not compelled to watch more. The fun part is looking at like a 10-year-old Bradley Cooper, I guess, and being like, oh, he'll go on to be a thing. But it's just not, it's not for me. It's a no for me, dog. I am going, uh, I think I gave Arrested Development a lump of coal, and I think I'm going to have to give this one a lump of coal, too. Wow. Um, where like to Chris's point, like, yeah, it's a fine episode of television, but as far as a Christmas episode goes, they say Christmas twice, Santa once, even though it's part of a crux of her figuring something out about her father, but there's no lesson that's rooted in Christmas that they end up on. All they end up on is a father pointing a gun at her daughter. <laughs> what am I supposed to learn from that? What do you want the ending to be though? Like I want it to be like I for, it's Christmas, so I'm gonna forgive you for uh, doing uh, for killing that guy. I don't know, fuck. Or 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 she saves him, and they can have a nice Christmas yeah. together or something. But yeah, I go with these. So unfulfilling. It's it's kind of the one thing we didn't really touch on is like very similar to the Veronica Mars episode and the Arrow episode, somewhat that we watched. Like this ends on a cliffhanger. Like you're not really gonna get right. any resolution, which it which is a little bit of a bummer. I think especially. Do you want me to tell you how it how it works out? But sure. Yeah, I'm never gonna. I refuse to watch this. <laughs> so Jack Bristow pointing the gun at his daughter, I guess, starts blinking Morris code and what she should do and like their plan of attack. And uh, they pretty quickly fight their way out of the situation. Now, knowing that, watching this episode, I was looking very closely at Victor Garber to find out if he was indeed blinking. And uh, he's just not. <laughs> oh, can I tell you my? So, can I tell you my least favorite part of this entire show as like a crux point that they keep bringing up? Yeah, I truly hate. I hate so much when they're like. I can always tell when people are lying and they oh. like try to make it so useful. Uh, yep. And it's like, it's not, it's like literally like use context clues in your life. You don't, you can tell, all of us can tell when someone's lying. That's being a human. Like we all have that ability to be like, mm, something seems a little suspicious here. I should follow up on this. 
<laughs> like I don't have to like you don't have to look at your love interest and be like he blinked twice. There's a girl in there. <laughs> like, oh man, this I'm this I'm in a life or death situation. There's a guy I don't necessarily trust asking me questions. Like, <laughs> oh, I should be suspicious. Like, hmm. it's so dumb. I truly, I truly hated that. I hated that yeah. so much. It's just L.A. It's L.A. Noir, the fucking TV show, where it's like, and they just like have to make the characters look ridiculous. Well, it's just it's shitty pop science writing is what it is because they could have easily written that as, uh, yeah, I had a hunch that the guy who I don't really know could be potentially lying because that's kind of a game theory strategy that might happen. And I played it out, and I was right. Yeah. That's all you have to write in. It doesn't have to be anything to John's point about, oh, I saw he's blinking a lot. His eyes could have been dry. Yeah. He's getting punched in the face. Like, there are plenty of reasons. <laughs> Dude, is, he looked stressed. Yeah, he got beaten. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, His body aches. This is the this is the house of spy shows. <laughs> it kind of it kind of is i mean i've i've been watching the americans and that was like one of the most striking things where the americans i feel like they do very good job of like showing the spy craft and this i'm like oh she's not a this is this is not good spy work this is not good spy work at all no. allow me <laughs> to have not get better allow me i my organization is suspicious of me allow me to have a public meeting with the cia in on the middle of a busy street where I just inexplicably yeah. pick up and put down the same flower 76 times. Again, not the first time that she was... Uh, this is a redundant show. That's not the first time she'd been suspected of being a traitor or a double agent, and it will not be the last. And at some point, you just got to ask, what's the straw? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what's going to break the camel's back? Like, how the fuck does she keep getting away with this? And that's Alias. It's 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 as much as her estranged father can bail her out, man. All right. Well, I think that wraps up Alias. Um, Chris, I'm going to hand it over to you again. Thanks for taking us through that, Brian. We got one drama episode in the books for Drama Week. On Wednesday, we're going to officially enter December. And I think it's only appropriate that we have John there to kick things off. So, John, what are we going to be watching? As we legally enter Christmas against my better judgment and i close the tab with my episode on it because this is tradition it's a madman episode though and it's called christmas comes but once a year and it is season four episode two this is our second allison brie of the season oh yeah i forgot about that yeah that's a good point okay yeah first john ham first john ham oh yeah you know that's always that's a delight <laughs> As long as, as long as actually second John Ham of the podcast. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. correct. Also, yeah. also, isn't this second Victor Garber too? Wasn't because wasn't Is Victor Garber in Mad No, wasn't he in the uh, sorry, I meant wasn't he in the town? Victor Garber's not in the town. Wasn't he though? I don't I thought think he so. was in something we watched because I was like Yes, he has an uncredited cameo in the town as a bank manager. I knew I remembered that, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 He gets yeah. punched. Yeah. 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 He does get punched. Yeah. Good for him. Great. I don't think anyone else in Mad Men is a second. I don't... Yeah, I don't know. We'll Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out. That's yeah. we'll come to our new future. We'll watch just... it and go from we, there. We talk about actors we like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I guess has always been what this podcast is. Yeah, to a degree. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that'll be fun. It's, I don't know. It's the Christmas episode of Adman I remember. I think it's very similar to Married with Children in that I think the people like the other one more. Like another one more, but I think yeah. this one's the most okay. entertaining to me. I like this one. This this one is pretty good from, from what I remember, so I am excited. I have no memory of it. I'm excited to watch and talk about it with you guys. You you want to feel you guys want to feel real old for a minute? Sure. Sure. It's a 10-year-old episode. Yeesh. Ooh. <laughs> we are Krampus. Yeah, we old. We old now. Yeah, you. So, come listen to us contemplate our own mortality in two days. Until then, you can always rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. All that stuff really helps get more eyeballs and helps more people find what we're doing here at Yuletide TV. Um, if you want to let us know how we're doing, we're, we're really chugging along on the second season here. So if you want to let us know what you think, you can reach out to us and follow us uh, Instagram and Twitter at Yuletide TV. Send us an email, TV at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, just let us know. We are happy to hear from people and hear what they think of the podcast. Write a, write a good review so my mom likes me still. Yes, very important. You know, it could, it could go downhill at any moment. <laughs> so <laughs> it could it could yes we're always walking that tightrope you know it's a wire's edge let me have a christmas too guys maybe then i'll like it <laughs> don't make me have to watch the town on my phone outside in the snow yeah nobody wants that nobody <laughs> nobody wants that for john this christmas so as always thanks for listening to us i've been chris i've been brian i remain john we're glad you're still alive Sleigh Bell Sounds provided by Michael Koenig from soundbible.com and Joy to the World provided by freexmasmp3.com.